and welcome to FPS Voice. My name is Anne-Marie Tracy, Marketing and Communications Specialist for Franklin Public Schools. We hope everyone is doing well and staying healthy and enjoying getting back into the routine of school again. The start of school certainly looks different this year. We are so proud of how our students, staff, families, and the entire Franklin community have come together in these unprecedented circumstances. I have personally enjoyed stopping by the elementary schools and the Early Childhood Development Center and seeing kids arrive at school, seeing buses pulling up, all the typical sights and sounds associated with school, children, and learning. We are very excited to start our FPS Voice podcast for the 2021 school year. We took a break when the pandemic began last spring, but we will be releasing monthly episodes going forward, focusing on curriculum, events, and news from across the district. We hope you will tune in and subscribe to stay updated with what's going on in Franklin Public Schools. We are kicking off this school year's podcast with the new eighth grade social studies civics curriculum that was introduced this year across all three middles. I'm joined by Jonathan Mello and Jeff Anthony, two of the eighth grade social studies teachers from Amy Sullivan Middle School, and Steve Sherlock from Franklin Matters, who is helping us put this podcast together virtually. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good to be here. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your very busy schedules to, uh, to work on this with us. So I very much appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. So uh, just to start, um, obviously this is a new, brand new change this year for eighth grade. Uh, what brought the change um, to the curriculum? It, it's coming from the state, correct? Yeah, um, so the state changed the curriculum frameworks I think two years ago, some, some districts started to implement it, um, and then slowly different districts have been in a different place. But I think the goal was to kind of embed more uh, civic awareness into the curriculum and to really encourage not only a knowledge of civics, but also participation and uh, civic engagement on the, ha on the part of our students across the Commonwealth. So it's, it's not just Franklin, it's definitely something that's happening across the state. Um, and Franklin is just, now starting to turn over, turn the page and get, get started with this this year. Although we've been planning planning for it for right. a couple of years now. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure the planning of a new curriculum is, um, is quite the task. <laughs> yeah. uh, how did, now obviously we're talking about this today and I was super excited to talk to you about this because the timing is really interesting when you think about starting this year and the kids learning um, about civics and civic responsibility, and then couple that with what's going on in our nation with the upcoming presidential election. I know we, we talked about this a little bit a couple days ago, but how did that change the way you kicked off the year? Well, uh, what's neat about it is this is our first year of actually teaching the curriculum. Um, and it just so happens that it worked out to be the, the 2020 presidential election. So this, um, you know, John and I were just saying to each other, like, what's going to happen, you know, next year when there's not a presidential election? Um, it, it, it just so happens that the, the stars aligned and it really gets the kids involved and invested as they're paying attention to, you know, a lot of what's being said in the news and things like that. So it actually worked out to our advantage to have the 2020 election be, on, be in this year. So. And I think um, certainly there's it's hard for anybody to avoid the election this year because no matter where you go, you're getting something from it. Next year is still going to be important because 2021 is going to be a Franklin local election. 
for a school committee and town council. Perfect. Okay. And that'll still be appropriate to get kind of that engagement and interest uh, because that's really where it matters locally. No nice. pun intended. <laughs> well, they, well, they, there you go, Mr. Mello. I mean, cause we, we were planning on, I think ending the year talking about, you know, uh, Massachusetts and local government. So maybe next year we, we start the year that way in correspondence with the elections. So that's good to know. Yeah. So we started the year with sort of approaching this, like, um, talking about citizens' involvement, responsibilities, obligations of a citizen, and, and virtues of a citizen and citizenship. So um, the students have had a lot of opportunity to kind of self-assess and think about what it means to them to be a citizen, think about what communities they're a citizen of, and the election has definitely given us an entry point into that, um, uh, introducing them to things like the political spectrum, uh, different American values, and how different sides of the American of the political spectrum sort of emphasize different American values in different ways. Um, and how to address controversial issues. These are all things that we've uh, kind of started to introduce in our first introductory unit of the year. And then it also gives us a chance to present this civics course as part of their civic responsibility. Um, and the presidential election sort of ups those stakes. So you've got this real world thing going on that helps them realize why this does matter. And I'm hoping that it's, it's bringing those kids in and helping them connect with this in a more real way than maybe they're used to in a typical school classroom. It's certainly interesting. I mean, I um, I think I told you last time, I remember taking civics, you know, forever ago when I was in school. And uh, it's just such an important thing uh, for kids to learn about because these kids, uh, eighth graders, you know, many of them are 14 years old. Um, they'll be voting in the next presidential election. So you're really capturing them at a super important time in their educational careers to, you know, get them thinking about this type of thing. Um, and I know we discussed this again briefly before. So you talked to them a little bit about trying to figure out um, their personal um, priorities or things that they feel passionate about or what their values might be. Is that right? So we did a, we've done a number of different things. So to, in terms of framing controversial issues and trying to help them understand that when different people are on different sides of an issue, that it typically is just a reflection of them emphasizing certain American values in a different way. And that it's not some intractable thing. It's just that in this particular case, one side's emphasizing one type of American value and the other side's emphasizing another. So whether you take like security and liberty, one side's focused on liberty, the other side's looking at security um, and we, or the common good. We talked about mask wearing, we've talked about um, guns a little, gun control, things like that a little bit. So there's all sorts of issues that you can use to kind of frame that discussion. And then that segues nicely into them thinking about, well, what values do I put first? What American values are, are, am I kind of mean the most to me? And how do I kind of rank those things in terms of their priority level? And then that transitions them into this looking at the political spectrum and understanding where they fall on the political spectrum. And so there's some little activities that you can do with them to help them figure that out. And then that translates nicely into talking about the election. So now we look at the candidates. Where do they fall on the political spectrum and that sort of thing? So it all kind of segues nicely into um, current events, and but also a lot of self-reflection. Yeah, and that's a cool part, like too, when they were assessing their values, many of them were, uh, you know, not not all of them, but some were surprised at where they were. Uh, I had one student that pretty much commented, like, I, I I'm not, I, I didn't think I was here. Like, I just want you to know this is what I'm thinking. But I'm like, okay, but the way you responded to those questions, that's, this is actually where you're at at the current moment. And so to not panic them, but uh, for them to think that or see that, hey, look, 
I may have views that fit on both sides of the political spectrum, and that's okay. You know, this is going to help me talk about these issues. Um, you know, be more open about them and, and be knowledgeable about them. And so students had to go home and, and tell their parents and guardians, you know, where they felt where they fell on the political spectrum. And so with some students, they're like, oh yeah, they weren't surprised. And then others were um, like, yeah, no, I don't know who you are. <laughs> so, uh, so it was really cool just to, and, and I, I told, you know, the students and, and, and John did as well, but that's, that's another reason too. It's like this, you're also opening the lines up of communication at home. You know, you're getting parents and guardians and yourselves to all talk about these things in a more respectable manner. And that's kind of the whole point of why we're teaching civics, you know, to, it's to do that. You must have sparked some really interesting uh, kitchen table discussions. Yep, <laughs> yep had a few Part requests. I'm impressed too that there's no right or wrong. That no, no. Nope. They may be nope. surprised where they fall, but I think maybe we're in this environment now where it's so contentious that they have the sense that one side's right, one side's wrong. You can't right. be both. You can't have a, a mix of different exactly. values. And that's why I think relating it back to those core American values and understanding that the other side is, is just as attached to American values as your side may be. And that helps kind of eliminate some of that contentiousness and help them see that it's okay, regardless of what side they fall on, even if it's different than their parents, <laughs> which mm -hmm. you know, is kind of enlightening, I think, for them. Mm -hmm. Definitely super important conversations. So then you're going to take all this from the beginning of the year, and I think you were saying you're, you're starting with current, um, because the kids can kind of latch on to that right now because it's easier for them to understand because they're living in it, you know, and there's some really, um, you know, kind of easily understood, easily captured um, events going on right now. But then you're going to take all this knowledge and move them back into history to start making some connections there. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. We're, we're going to kind of work backwards. So now that we get a, you know, you have understanding of what your roles and responsibilities are as U.S. citizens, we now need to go back as part of that and see where this all began. So, you know, what went into our government? What are the key ideals? So we start with that with, um, you know, uh, philosophical foundations, and then we kind of, you know, build up from that. So now that we have learned where, you know, we are now, it's important to see where this all came from. So going into the constitution, um, that type of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, the rest of the course essentially becomes kind of a chronological historical study of um, how our government developed, how it evolved over time, like Mr. Anthony said, starting with those philosophical foundations, going back to looking at all the influences from Greece and Rome to English law, things like that, into the roots in the American Revolution, the failure of the Articles of Confederation, and then the Constitutional Convention, and then from there it's this role of the Supreme Court, adding amendments to the Constitution, and all these different things. And it really allows you to teach some very interesting history, because the context of all those different amendments, whether you're dealing with um, the end of slavery, the 13th Amendment, you're dealing with women's suffrage, you're dealing with civil rights. So it really allows you to kind of highlight some really key important moments in American history that I think are yeah. essential for all kids to be familiar with. And it puts all kinds of other things in context, I think, for them that helps them in not just social studies class, but in life and then in ELA class and all the different things they're learning in different places. So. Mm -hmm. I would imagine it helps them kind of see how we got where we are, you know, because really kind of seeing that, like you said, if it's chronological, just the timeline of the different events and the development of our country and, and the, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything we're in between, and uh, how we ended up where we currently are. There's also a lot of room for kids to explore kind of the issues and the topics that they really care about, too. 
um, the way the standards are written, I think this is a definite benefit to the way they're written is that the kids can look at certain issues and explore certain issues and see how that issue has changed and the legislation has changed, the court decisions have changed over time and how that issue has evolved. So kids in this curriculum have a lot of choice and I think that helps engage them as well and increase enthusiasm for the topic because they, they can choose to explore different things depending on you know, where we're at at the time in the curriculum. Yeah. Well, they can absolutely latch on if it's something that they have an, a natural interest in already, that just makes the curriculum and what they're learning and studying and investigating that much more you know, interesting to them because they were already um, you know, kind of inclined to, to the subject matter that they might pick. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of, of, of what's happening in our country you know, uh, today, current events-wise, um, the kids can, are definitely connecting to that. And I think it would be, you know, it's going to be really, really neat going backwards and, and seeing how, like, when these amendments first came into existence, a lot of this same type stuff was happening then. And you see what it took to finally get these necessary changes to our Constitution. So um, that, you know, a lot of these issues there, you know, they were prevalent then, they're still, you know, relevant today. So it's, uh, again, making it relevant and meaningful to them. Fantastic. So then um, that at the, the third trimester, because uh, the middle schools kind of, they operate in trimesters, the, the kids are going to be doing a research project, right? Yeah, so that part of the curriculum involves a civic engagement project that they're um, supposed to kind of work through. It really is going to be a year-long process, but um, so there's different stages of it at different points in the year, but essentially the students are tasked with self-reflecting, thinking about what they're passionate about, and then researching and trying to make change in their own communities and getting engaged and involved in their own communities. Um, and which community they choose, which issue they choose to explore and tackle is, is up to them. It's going to be a student-driven project, but they have to experience certain things along the way. Um, so in the first trimester, it's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of research, and we're sort of already in that process now with this first unit that we're doing around civic engagement. Um, and then this, they'll have to actually lay out a plan, a proposal with a plan of attack and how they're going to seek out certain influencers, how they're going to seek out stakeholders in the issue that they choose. Um, and then in the second trimester, it's focused on actually executing the plan that they've drafted and that they've drawn up and seeing if they can actually make a change in their own lives and in their own worlds. Uh, and then ultimately they'll be doing some reflecting and um, self-evaluation in the end because you know not everybody's necessarily gonna be successful and making the change they want. But I think going through the process is really what's most important for that piece. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's hundreds of kids in the eighth grade class. So, you know, clearly they're not going to all, you know, 400 kids aren't going to have some sort of overwhelming civic success to get change. But the process of going through that is, I mean, Steve, I know you're going to latch right onto this because how often at the, at the town level do we talk how about how important civic engagement is and that uh, you know capturing these kids at a young age and, and just really getting them to realize that they can make a change and they can get involved um, about things that they're passionate about. Absolutely and there's certainly current events. Um, the recent uh, plastic bag law came from high school students yes, um, it did. and <laughs> You know, uh, there's other pieces, certainly a lot of the Black Lives Matters events recently have been also high school students. Uh, eighth grade is not far from high school. Nope. So, yeah, the, and I know um, uh, Mr. Layton, Mr. Walsh, 
they do a good bit of, you know, uh, also political uh, engagement, uh, depending upon the, the time. Uh, if the New Hampshire elections were around, they had a bus trip up to really get to see something like that in person. Clearly, that may or may not happen in the right timing, but, you know, those opportunities and others are there. So, yeah, the other piece as I'm thinking as you're going backwards too, certainly another cultural event like Hamilton, you know, yeah. that brings to life uh, that revolution time, clearly delivered in something that they would like potentially in terms of the hip hop language and the hip hop culture, et cetera, and a lot of music and it's flash and dance, and, but it's still talking about significant issues that, oh, by the way, we're still talking about today. <laughs> Absolutely. So, pandemic makes it difficult because one of the things I think that's awesome about this and you know when you start looking at this as a teacher your creative juices start flowing and you get yeah. excited about things and um, I think the opportunity for field trips and uh, right. you know kind of a learning from your community and there's, there's so many things I mean you talk about Hamilton but just living in so close to Boston yep. we're not far from New York we're not far from Philadelphia so I think when all this settles down and we're able to kind of fully explore all the ideas that we have there's, there's a lot of opportunity for getting out there in the world and really seeing things up close um, whereas we had been teaching you know medieval world history for 15 years now and much as we love it there, there's not as much connection for that and there's no there's not as many opportunities here in the northeast to go explore that kind of thing um, short of a museum so uh, that is kind of an exciting aspect of this is how to tie it into being out in the world in the community and seeing those different things and field trips and the whole bit. So mm -hmm. just got to wait for all this to settle down. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Wait to the extent of having the group project, but there's nothing to say that an individual student and or family could spend, you know, oh, yeah. just yeah. walking the red line, the, the freedom trail in Boston or going down to Providence and checking out the Roger Williams pieces and understanding how that came to be because he got booted out of mass because he was a radical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, the stories are boundless. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We live in a perfect place for it. Yes. Lots of history. All right. Well, I wanted to thank you all so much um, for coming and sharing the information about your curriculum uh, with us. I know it's um, certainly an interesting topic for um, everyone. I know you've been reaching out to parents, letting them know what's going on with the new curriculum this year. Uh, so I wish you lots of luck in your year uh, covering all this great, great information. And um, I'm jealous that I currently have a ninth grader who's missing this <laughs> um, because I think it's uh, really important stuff that these kids are learning. And um, I just thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We hope you enjoyed hearing from our teachers about the new civics curriculum. Thanks to both Jeff Anthony and Jonathan Mello for taking the time to chat with us today. And also a big thank you to Steve Sherlock and Franklin TV for providing the capability for us to record this podcast remotely. We are very appreciative of the support. You can send suggestions for future podcast topics or ask any questions related to our episodes to fpsvoice at franklinps.net. Thank you again for tuning in. Stay healthy, happy, and safe out there. Until next time, FPS. <laughs>